And welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. I'm Tom Takar, the Wolf of Dog Street. The Werewolf of Dog Street. I almost forgot. It's it's Halloween. It's spooky themed. And uh, Tommy, the uh, what did I call you last time? Well, call- I, I gave the Prince of Snark Manor. But, That's uh, right. And yeah. I gave you the Michael Jackson of uh, <laughs> Snarkness, uh, <laughs> which is the scarier version of Prince. Um <laughs> And uh, we're joined today, uh, very special guest, Connor Sullivan. How are you, man? Hey, guys. How are you? Um, I, real quick, I just listened to your Jimmy World episode, and there was not a lot of talk of their new album, Surviving. Yes. Which uh, I think is a masterpiece. Oh, really? <laughs> I think it's their third best record behind uh, Futures and Bleed American. Oh, oh wow. wow! All right, well, okay. If you want to do a Patreon episode about it? That could be. Oh, nice. do it. Yeah. Let me let me talk about the deep cuts of Jimmy <laughs> World's 2019 album forever. I love it. No, we should definitely do that on, <laughs> on the old Patreon, which, by the way, is only three dollars a damn month, and mm-hmm. there's a discount, ten percent off if you do the whole year. That's like two dollars and seventy cents. A damn episode. That's less than gas in some places. Damn. <laughs> you know how you get one gallon of gas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and also, just to stay competitive, we will mail you one gallon of gas <laughs> if, you, if you get on the Patreon, just so you don't have to flip a coin on which thing to get. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, we're uh, we're very excited uh, to have you. Kind of, we, we teased this episode a little bit last week when we talked about Halloween songs with Guy Montgomery, but how can we talk about Halloween songs without talking about the monster mash man himself, Bobby Pickett? I look, he has become one of my biggest obsessions in the world. I think I've heard more Bobby Pickett songs than any other human alive. <laughs> like I I've gone like dark web level of digging <laughs> into his discography. <laughs> it's so funny because a lot of like Bobby Boris Pickett is someone I wouldn't have guessed this reaction where I was like, can you send six songs? And you were like, I don't know if I can narrow it down. (laughs) Yeah. We've had people who have real bands that they pick on the show and they're like, yeah, can I just send four? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think it's just because, um, you know, most of the novelty song people from like the 60s, 50s and 60s, like screaming Lord such, or like the guy that's saying the purple people eater. I I forget (laughs) off the top of my head, but they didn't really, those songs didn't last. And then the monster match is still the only Halloween song. Like <laughs> it was the opening song in Hubie Halloween. Like it's still, yeah. if something is said at Halloween, they will play the monster match. It is crazy. Yeah. There's no, like we did a bunch of Halloween songs for kids. That was our topic last week, but most of them are just like, what if baby shark had a ghost in it? You know, there's not like a <laughs> yeah. Halloween song in the way that Christmas there's, you know, a million of them but yeah monster mash is the only one that is that universal it's pretty impressive yeah i mean it continues to chart every year like <laughs> it it it's one of the only songs i think the beatles are the only other band that is like hit, like top the billboard charts as much oh as Mike. <laughs> it's crazy like, i read a thing where it's like he topped like top 100 in three different years. Yes. And you're yeah, not going to yeah. believe what time of year that happened around. But, um, <laughs> I didn't even look, but I have to assume it was around this time. It would be funny if it was just like, fuck it, it's March. Let's put on the Monster Mash. 
but I think that's why his discography is interesting to me because he would chart in these different decades and then he would be prompted to record new songs mm-hmm. and then they would always be of different eras of music and all of them would like fail miserably <laughs> <laughs> like they could barely get on the dr demento show <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a hard, that's hard to do yeah not easy not as easy as it sounds a lot of our <laughs> listeners have tried to get on dr demento shows <laughs> don't make still the, the the two goals in comedy are snl and dr demento <laughs> uh yeah i do uh i want to get into the music pretty quickly but first i think we should uh we should cover some halloween bases uh are you are you guys doing anything for halloween connor are you doing anything for halloween out there god i don't think so i mean it 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 seems a little just i mean look every year i've been pretty much doing the same costume which i dress as Derek wibley from some 41 because he's the only blonde celebrity (laughs) very Um, fitting for this show we just do maybe maybe i'll just be Derek at home and just you know watch like acoustic renderings of all killer no filler songs (laughs) hell yeah that's that's a good plan i i don't remember if i talked about this last week on the show but i was just in indiana where they will be trick or treating, which I think is oh, no. truly insane. Mm-hmm. Was it on that this show wild. that somebody pointed out that uh, it is actually the safest time to be in Indiana because it's the only time everybody will be wearing a mask? I, I think that might <laughs> have been. Funny. I think that might have been on the stand-up podcast, but it's true. Where that's <laughs> it's it is absolutely true. Uh, we didn't. That reminds me. We didn't get a voicemail from Jared today. I forgot to text him, but I don't know if that he would have any thoughts on this anyway. But I just saw him, and uh, it was a great time at the Comedy Attic. I highly recommend uh, if you want to see comedy, uh, check out their live stream options on ComedyAttic.com, or just go. I had a good time. It was it was fun doing live stand up again, even though it's weird, and it was in a mask, which was interesting. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it's not, it wasn't as bad as it seemed, but it was definitely the safest thing I felt like I've done performing wise other Mm -hmm. than just doing zoom shows. So if you want to see it and want to be safe, get out there. But anyway, Tommy, what are are you going to do? You going to do anything for Halloween? It's like now, right? I, I, it's, it's very, it feels very rushed upon us. Well, I've been like definitely getting in the mood. I've watched, been watching a lot of horror stuff, which I've been loving, been watching. I watched, uh. The Shining, rewatched The Shining recently, watched Nightmare on Elm Street, watched uh, Hill House and Bly Manor on Netflix, which I highly recommend. Uh, Hill House especially is an amazing horror show. Uh, Connor, did you ever watch that? No, I'm I'm like, my horror genre is horror comedy. Like, I like campy mm-hmm. horror sure. more than actual horror. Like, I could watch, you know, Roger Corman stuff all day, but uh, it's not that that's comedy. But yes, uh, yeah, yeah. like I, I the the new jump scare generation is 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 too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they um at the, in, in the camp uh, realm, I did watch Sleepaway Camp for the first time this year. Oh yeah, and that is incredible. <laughs> that was had me laughing. So Hell that yeah. was good. <laughs> I'm gonna good to I'm laugh. gonna watch that this week uh, for sure. That's the one that you told me about that's like you were really rolling around. Yes, it's super on, funny. I, see, okay. <laughs> I was rolling around on the floor. Yeah, you had a <laughs> you had a seizure and um <laughs> that's uh, how time I watched, is good. I watched a spooky sounding movie uh this week, which was the Joshua Jackson movie The Skulls. Ooh. Ah um, yes. which um, I remember that uh, movie. 
it's uh i my friend joe, our friend joe mcadams said something about on twitter that there's a scene set to creed's hire where a bunch of sexy ladies in slow motion walk towards the camera so that's pretty much why i watched it and it did not disappoint in that it delivered realm. it delivered in that realm the most 2000 era thing that could happen it's using creed sincerely that's so funny oh my god yeah, I hope I get to do something like some outdoor kind of thing where I can wear a costume, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kim Kardashian on a private island. <laughs> uh I think that uh what she did was really cool and I'm not biased because I happen to be one of the few people who she did invite. <laughs> um but it was weird that she just kept telling me to quarantine and get tested without telling me what it was for. <laughs> That would be weird to be one of her friends. She keeps telling you to do shit, and you're like, "Fuck you!" Like, <laughs> how do you know that there's going to be this surprise trip at the end? You'd maybe be, oh, like she seems to care now. Like, it took a few months, but now she's really being, you know, being savvy. And then it turned into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I, I keep forgetting that it's almost Halloween. Cause we're in the middle of like, I think we're gonna have to move. Like, we have. A whole thing uh, happening here, including our ceiling is legitimately just falling apart to the point where I'm surprised you guys, you guys probably can't hear it now, but it was dripping so bad earlier. It has been for like two weeks and the fucking l- landlord finally came over and he was like, oh, you should put a towel down. This is going to really damage the wood. <laughs> I was like, I don't oh give God. a fuck about the wood. <laughs> uh, so mad, but the spookiest thing of all. A binding lease agreement, yeah. (laughs) I had something, I had to move two Halloweens ago. I just moved into a new place, and um, my roommate found black mold in his sink. Mm -hmm. And they basically, they came in and like, there's no way we can uh, clean all this. We have to basically take apart your apartment. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then the landlord uh, tried to, uh, they used a fake eviction notice when we said, like, they, it was, it turned into, like, a lawsuit situation yeah. where they, they tried to blame us for the black mold. That's what I'm, they tried to do that to us where uh, there are some flowers on the fucking rooftop that, uh, and, like, a small little, like, plants and shit and they were trying to blame that on for the leak and they weren't going to do anything about it and then there was a guy here today who was like yeah no it's not even from that part of the roof it's like a totally different section and Mm -hmm. also why the hell would a flower cause a damn like the entire roof to rot when it rains yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and they got in my girlfriend's head it's like yeah, I think that uh, the flooding rain that's happening would have a lot more of an impact <laughs> than a uh, once-a-week-watered plant. Um, that is like a yeah. Shyamalan, how Shyamalan would get out of explaining the haunted house. He's like, it's flowers on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> that is, isn't that the twist of the happening? The it's, happening it's, is it's yeah, the that, trees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the happening, this is my <laughs> my one Mark Wahlberg impression I do, is uh, Mark Wahlberg in The Happening, where he goes, I'm a teacher. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> one Mark Wahlberg I do. I, have, I also have a Wahlberg in The Happening, which is uh, him as a teacher again, just going like, you guys hear about these bees? <laughs> I, I uh, this is mine if i was around for the happening nothing would have happened <laughs> <laughs> nothing would have happened if i was there for the happening 
<laughs> so while we're talking about movies, Connor, you you wrote a yes. movie about Bobby Boris Pickett, which is why we're so excited to have you for this episode. I don't think anyone in the world could have done this. Episode, <laughs> so we're very happy to have you. I would play. be furious if somebody else did, <laughs> and they only sent a one song playlist. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I did. I wrote a movie. It's called He Did the Mash. <laughs> um, People which can was, read it, right? If they want yeah, to. yeah. It's uh, I have a website for it. It's He Did the uh, basically, I uh, a few years ago, my friend uh, again. I'll reference him again. Joe McAdam showed me a clip of um, a Monster Mash sequel song, which I've included on the playlist that we'll hear in a, in a little bit. And I was uh, stunned by it. It's so <laughs> shockingly the same song. <laughs> um, but um, and then I I just fell down a YouTube rabbit hole, and then I found he wrote a memoir. Uh, two years before he died and it was self-published and uh oh my god on amazon i bought it for like 40 bucks it's now 40 dollars there's only one copy left on amazon it costs 450 (laughs) oh my god and so i i bought it just in the sense of like hey maybe i'll write a movie about him and um it the book is just ramblings like unedited ramblings about all the women he slept with not just like celebrities but like every single woman he slept with and then he, for about one page, he talks about the monster. <laughs> like the, the recording is one page, and the rest of it. There's a whole chapter about how he had sex with Clars Leachman. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, it and, makes sense that he wouldn't write that much about writing the monster mash because he's, I think, quoted to have said it took him thirty minutes to write the song yes, and took, thirty, minutes, 30 to minutes to record it. Him. Him and his co-writer uh, 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 Lenny Capizzi, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, they were in a uh, they were in like a um, a four uh, like singing quartet, and then they were trying to hit the big time, and then they started to be like, maybe we'll write one of those stupid Halloween songs. Those make a lot of money, and then uh, that's what they. It's very cynical. Like that's what they did. They wrote it in thirty minutes, and now it is in every single piece of Halloween content until the end of time. Uh, truly, uh, truly insane that it would be so successful and so shortly thought. And he's like, you, I'm sure you know a million. I mean, forty dollars worth more than I do about <laughs> Bobby Pickett. But uh, it seems like he's very resentful of being categorized as a one hit wonder, and in fact, claims he's not a one hit wonder. That he's a two had two hits and a whole album that's a hit. Technically, he had comedy hits, which I will play one of the worst ones in in a in a bit. But mm-hmm. um, uh, it's it the book is written from the perspective of a man. He is it was I think he had just gotten diagnosed with leukemia, which is how he died. Um, and he's kind of coming from like a, oh, I always liked it, but you can tell there's so much like pain and yeah resentment and anger because he was only defined by this you know stupid thing that he tossed off sure and he wanted and, to be an actor i read a lot about that and you can see that in him performing for uh dick clark where it's like it's the, his whole performance is him lip syncing to this thing but the faces he's making are the and turning into uh the monster that he's becoming is the performance <laughs> It's yeah. so weird to see him turn around at the end of the forwards. He's like, well, that was it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, he, he deliberately would make his face look like that. So people would take him seriously as an actor. Mm-hmm. 
like he's like well this is my persona like it it's a he was very deliberate and but like removed from time it just looks insane like yes. he's the f- grimace faces that he's making are are truly like unsettling yeah yes um i I read so I read a little bit about him. Um, yeah, the the craziest thing I read about him, and I I found this on his IMDb under trivia. I looked up fun facts, and a lot of the facts were truly just tragic in ways that I'm not even going to get into. But um, oh, it was one of the fun facts that his son wandered into the ocean and died? Is, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> Literally, the first fun fact is that, and I would uh, argue, I don't know how fun that fact is. <laughs> Again, I would say his son's death gets about as much book time as the Monster Match recording. <laughs> and Cloris Leachman, and Cloris Leachman, it's like 15 pages. <laughs> Hit on Diane Cannon once, and that was three pages, but his son's untimely death. it's insane yes i'm not kidding i searched bobby pickett fun facts that was the first one (laughs) and it's under the you know i searched fun facts this is trivia though and uh yeah that was literally number one and then the second fact is co-wrote the song monster mash (laughs) uh That's number two. More known as Richard's father, yeah, yeah. but he doesn't know that fact. Dude. Doesn't know that one. But the oh, he wrote the monster match. Shit, I love that. <laughs> oh guy. wow! Okay. <laughs> Give this guy another look. See. So uh, the craziest fact I found on here, though, I felt was, and I I kind of like the uh, edit- editorialism of uh, of this because it says he was in quotes found. By a daughter and two grandchildren he never knew he had in 97, which almost makes it seem like they don't believe these people that there is uh, his daughter and grandchildren. But uh, yeah, it's so uh, the research I did on that and it's it is a big part of the book, actually, because I think that most of the book is about his like like 80s and 90s era, which is just him working at a golf course um, but um um i like traced the like genealogy of the of his daughter and it looks like he was on tour that first year where monster mash was like a huge hit which is i think uh 62 and uh or 65 rather but uh it, anyways uh he slept with someone in seattle like a groupie and then she had a kid and didn't want to tell us Oh my god! So wow. it's like some woman that like slept with. It's like now it's like if if someone had like slept with one of the Paul brothers or something. <laughs> and like, <laughs> mysteriously, thirty years later, there was a new guy, new kid. But yeah, that was like the happy ending he has at the end of his yeah. Book. And it's, it's at the end of the movie too because it's like it's the only thing that seemed to bring him any peace or calm. And that's even in this so um this is uh on do you remember.com they talked to this daughter and she even says like this is he was like so psyched that they found him because he had no one. Um yes, this is this is no the one. quote. When I found him he was out of his mind thrilled since he thought he was going to grow old alone. I still remember the night I told my kids that grandpa's the monster mash singer tragic line <laughs> and do you remember.com that's earth wind and fire site that is correct yeah. yes uh paid for yeah, earth, wind, and fire. weird side side on bobby Pickett on that earth wind and fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
for for Hughes, uh, his daughter, who changes her ringtone to the Monster Mash every October, the spooky novelty is a proud part of family lore. I get so thrilled about it. I want it to go away, not because of the money, but I just don't want it to go away because it's so sweet. I don't know that it is that sweet of a song. Um, no, it's it's a dumb, it's a very dumb, very catchy song. Um, but like, yeah, it's I, I guess as a legacy, it's nice that her father hasn't been forgotten. But uh, uh, nobody really knows who Bobby Pickett is, and then the only person that really does is me, and I know what a, a maniac he is. <laughs> Uh, all right, we should uh, take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be right back with uh, with some music. All right, we're back. Uh, we are talking uh, Bobby Boris Pickett today on the show uh, with Connor Sullivan, and I am very excited for us to get into this playlist you've created. I went ahead and listened to all like you have a very you have a very long playlist attached to uh that you you posted on twitter recently and i i just went ahead and listened to a lot of the songs and i had a great time uh it's It's a a lot of the novelty songs didn't make the cut like his star trek parody star drek uh and then the um oddly racist song he did about king kong which has uh some uh african chants in the middle that he does uh i think that one's best we we lose that one sure uh to time but <laughs> uh i mean i think we we have to listen to the monster mash just to just to get it out of the way real sure fast. i i refuse to put it on my of best course show. i think of that course, that's of course. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that but i i feel just for uh the listener's sanity we should listen to a little bit of the monster mash yes Okay, you get it. We know the song, and uh, you 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 write that song in thirty minutes. You record it in thirty minutes, and you just watch the cash roll in. <laughs> so, also, there's a weird thing that has never been confirmed. It's been confirmed and denied on multiple sites, but that um, Darlene Love is singing back. Yes. Vocals. Oh shit! I was just so, reading about that very thing. I didn't know that it was uh, not confirmed, though. No, because it's. I think he says it in the book, and then there are differing Darlene Love interviews where one time she says she didn't, and then another confirms she did. Like, I, <laughs> it's one of the most confounding facts. Like, one of the only interesting things about the recording is like completely like I don't know, maybe. There's another one here, and I'm not. I'm sure that he. This had to have been in the book if it's true. But uh, and this, this is this sort of writing is done a couple times in his uh, in his uh, trivia. But uh, his first live performance backup band was a group of young, <laughs> relatively yep. unknowns called the Beach Boys. Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> there's so there's a picture in his book of him like doing his stupid grimace face, and you see Brian Wilson. Like, <laughs> 
playing along in the background. And in the book, he's oddly honest that he was a dick to them. Like so he was funny. like, it was his one fall of being like a star. And it was like, I think it was uh, like definitely a, a year or two before Pet Sounds and like the, the, but they were still kind of just a regular LA band and they were honored to play with him. And he was like, he kind of was like, yeah, whatever, kids. <laughs> like, and then later they covered the Monster Mash. They, oh, um, I didn't even know they, that. That's wild. Um, I think it was a Mike Love version. So it's, it's why we're, we're not <laughs> playing it a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, that is confirmed. And the, the picture, I'll send you guys the picture. It is a horrifyingly sad picture. <laughs> Uh, there are a couple more of these that are similar, but uh, this one is uh, in the late 70s on one occasion. His backup band was a very young Van Halen. And uh, then what's the other one here? Um, that one. That one. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. I'm back. Um, yeah, it's unreal or does? Yeah, I don't I don't know if I've, there's a couple like, yeah, celebrities playing with him. I, that one wasn't confirmed in the book. That's that's very interesting. Um. The other one was, I think there was one more, but I, oh, it's, uh, well, there's two. Bob Dylan was a big fan of his novelty hit, <laughs> which doesn't, that one doesn't even seem like it should be in there. <laughs> that was discovered. Oh, I love the monster. <laughs> Someone heard him say that in a coffee shop. <laughs> and I remember Ginsburg was dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's probably why he painted his face white in the, the review. <laughs> I want to be like one of those monsters. <laughs> uh, the other one is uh, the pianist on Monster Mash is blues legend Leon Russell. That is true. Wow, uh, it's uh, it's something I couldn't put into the movie because I don't feel like enough people know who Leon Russell. Yeah, is. Yeah, I don't really nowadays, know, but um, I try. I think it was in a draft, and then I was like, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, some very fun facts, certainly about, uh, about old Bobby Pickett. Um, let's hear some of these songs you picked out because I think you did a great job here. And, right. Uh, uh, if you need intro, I can, uh, yes. give you some context to his career. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, I had the first one pulled up here. Okay. So I'm assuming you want these in. The, I think I yeah, listening I, to the, I did put them in, the, I put the them order seemed order. <laughs> the order seemed very important when listening to the yes, playlist. It's, so I, 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 it's my <laughs> my the best mixtape I've ever made. Um, <laughs> so, um, for two years, he kind of rode on the success of Monster Match, and then, um, as we'll see a little later, he was try he was trying to expand in a different direction. So he was kind of reticent to revisit it. So by the time he did revisit it, it was 1965, 66, and it was too late <laughs> to kind of keep the momentum going in a, say, chubby checker, let's twist mm, again sure. sort of way. So he uh, he and Capizzi reunited to record uh, the Monster Swim. Yes. <laughs> and um, I, if, listeners, if you think it sounds a little like a, a song you've heard before, uh, you might be right. <laughs> 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 All right, let's hear the monster swim. The cryptickers and I brought the monster mash to you. But now it's a different bag, and mashing is a drag. When the lights grow dim, we now do the monster swim. All you would-be monsters, come on in. Boris is going to show you how to monster swim. <laughs> 
I love the horn. <laughs> but here, here we go. It's something like the zombie, but not so <laughs> slow. A lot like the grave digger, but not so low. We can't do the monkey or even the dog, because they've both been eaten by the blob. We do the swim. It's a poolside smack. <laughs> It's bigger than the man. <laughs> I, I love, the I love the calling your shot. <laughs> actively boasts that it's a better song. It's bigger than the man. Clearly <laughs> is not. <laughs> and so there's a uh, performance on American Bandstand of The Monster Swim, which is what made me fall in love with Bobby, is um, uh, Dick Clark, who apparently hated Bobby Pickett and The Monster Man. <laughs> which is mentioned multiple times in the book and I made it a recurring theme in my, my script. But uh, he, uh, uh, Bobby, it's the most flop sweat performance because nobody cares. Like It's mm-hmm. like nobody wanted a sequel to the Monster Mash. Nobody care. And then there's this weird like octopus uh, monster puppet behind him that like, I guess kind of moves, but it is, um, you can see him trying so hard to make this happen and nobody can. It's all these like teens and like weird plasticky Halloween costumes, just looking bored. And it's like, it, you're watching a career die. Like in real time, <laughs> it's really crazy. I really love the move of putting within your song that it's bigger than your hit song. It's, <laughs> like, so it's such a uh, bold move. It's yeah. This I think he said yeah. It, this, the last line is him doing a Bella Lugosi, and he says the swim is a gas. It's better than the That's so <laughs> like. Good. It's a last reminder <laughs> that it's like. Remember, this is a better song. <laughs> <laughs> that is great <laughs> that, is, that is so good uh all right yeah that that's the beat so clearly he was he was very influenced by uh the dances at the time when he made the mat he made uh, that's why it's the mash it's because yes. of the mashed potato um and then yeah he just thought that he could keep it <laughs> whatever the new thing was and we see that throughout his uh his collection that he yes. keeps trying to update but there, there's one i didn't get on here but it's called monster man jam which is <laughs> um which was a uh, 70s woodstock themed one. Oh my god and it's uh, it's i think it's just him like saying like groovy like it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's not the same uh song style it's like it's a, they wrote a different song finally but uh it's 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 just a disaster it's so funny to picture like while he's doing all this like also everything of the late 60s is happening yes. yeah vietnam is happening the monsters are i think at some point he says like igor hendrix you're like that's it that's all you have <laughs> Uh, it would be funny if he tried to make like a hippie version of it where he's like the monsters are the government (laughs) (laughs) oh he's like actively well as you'll see that he does get political in his final recording i mean Uh, i don't i don't want to spoil it but (laughs) the final (laughs) one is so good uh but the next one is uh this song uh me and my mummy uh yes so this is i put this one on this is a album track because he only technically released one album the monster mash original record mm-hmm. um 
And they clearly had to shit out like 10 other monster songs and they barely get through it. Like one of them is just an instrumental that he kind of makes monster noises over called Monster Mash Party. But Me and My Mummy is the kind of song where I'm like, I kind of like Me and My Mummy. Like if it came on shuffle, I probably would not turn it off. And he does a couple, He there's a couple of vocal trill things he does that I kind of like, that's kind of charming. And so uh, me and my mummy, uh, he, he also tried to record multiple times to make a hit, and it never stuck. But uh, as a second single, uh, I'm a one-hit wonder-obsessed second single guy. Uh, it's nice to hear what could have been if he, if he could have made this a uh, hit. All right, let's hear uh, me and my mummy. <laughs> Love that. With this hideous sign, how could it happen? How could it be? It's just me and my mommy. My mommy and me. It happened in Egypt by the Elm River Nile. Where the I'll say it. I think that's a better song than the Monster Mash. <laughs> Definitely a better song. Like it's not as catchy. It's it's catchy, uh, right. obviously. But I think the reason I like Mash and Me and My Mummy so much is they're just kind of really basic '60s pop yes, song structures. For sure. Yeah, and they and they're well produced. Like sounds it, good. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Gary Paxton who uh, who also produced the Monster Mash, and he he had his own uh, one hit wonder in the '50s called Alley Oop. Which yes, uh, I listen which, to Alley Oop today because it's on yeah, your other playlist. Alley Oop is crazy, and it's also it's a song that. Um, uh, Bowie quotes in Life on Mars, Look at Those Cavemen Go, is from Alley Oop, which is oh, a really? song about a comic book caveman. <laughs> um, but he, he was a really good producer, and that record, like, I own the actual LP, and it sounds really good. Even, like, the really tossed-off stuff sounds good and has, like, really lush pop, like, instrumentation. No, that felt like I was on makeout point, just <laughs> just having a nice time. I really enjoyed that one. I um, think singers were so dumb sounding in the '60s that that could have just been a normal hit. Like, like if it wasn't about decayed flesh, you'd just be like, "Yeah, okay." That is, it's like an old '60s parent who's stuck in the '50s is like, "Why are you listening to Hendrix? Listen to Mummy and Me." <laughs> this is good Christian fun. <laughs> Uh, all right. The next song we have on this playlist is called Gotta Leave This Town. Oh, boy. Okay. So in the late 60s, Bobby decided to try and pursue um, sincere songwriting and uh, performing. So he recorded a series of songs that were 100% uh, just not novelty songs. One of them was called Graduation Day, which uh, is... Uh, a really bad, lame, like uh, like four freshman type song. But this one, 
he is going for it. He is re- this is a ballad about a guy trying to leave his small town and become something big, which was his life story because he came from uh, near me, Somerville, Massachusetts. This is definitely a, a song that he's trying to present who the real Bobby Pickett is. And oh boy, his voice just doesn't work. Yeah, yep. let's hear, let's hear, gotta leave this town. Before the sun goes down, gotta find my place, gotta win the race. (laughs) My hands are sore and my back is wet. What I'm sweating for, I know I'll never get. There must be more in this whole life to see than this whole town has to offer me. It's gotta leave this town. (laughs) The lyrics which Bobby wrote. They're so bad. uh, The line, my back is wet, (laughs) is so crazy to me. (laughs) It's great. It's so visceral of a feeling, too. I mean, I think that's just good songwriting, frankly. You can see him with like clenched fists at the mic, like (laughs) giving it his all. Like, this is the thing that makes me go from a joke to, you know, a star. Yeah. And his voice is just so unappetizing. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to grad- that graduation song earlier, too, because that's not on this playlist, right? That's uh, Yeah, I, I think it's on the, the bigger yes, playlist. Yes. Yeah, I, I only chose one sincere Bobby yes. song. Um, oh, I'm so excited for the for the last three songs here, too. <laughs> this, is, this is a great playlist. But no, the graduation, I was like, man, this is this just doesn't work like no who would want to hear this when they're graduating it sucks so there was um apparently it was on uh a a jukebox in a bar in los angeles also bobby pickett humongous drunk sure um i think it goes without saying (laughs) most of his stories were um he would kind of wait for people to play graduation day and like kind of like he would try and make like oh i kind of recorded this thing and nobody ever played it oh, <laughs> no. No. or like one time someone did and they're like what's this shit like um, <laughs> That's but yeah so this funny. is like this is the first dark era in bobby's this is before the mash became a perennial favorite so it's definitely him like just struggling to keep afloat and like also um he recorded the Monster Mash when he was like 24. Yes. And he was really young. And so by the, he was washed up by 30, like a one hit wonder washed up at 30, which it's like insane to think about, especially just because he's been singing in an old man voice for his whole <laughs> life. But yeah, this is, uh, I, I am so obsessed with gotta leave this town. I tried to buy a, a 45 of it and it like, uh, it was too much. money. <laughs> Uh, we have to play this next song. Um, it is called uh, "Godfather's uh, Respecty." Right. Uh, so real quick, <laughs> what happens in the seventies with Bobby is the Monster Mash becomes a hit, a, a number one hit again, and um, it's sort of like in that Tommy Wiseau making the room and then deciding it was a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Pickett decided he was always funny. And so he was going to pursue a career in, in novelty songs and comedy. 
and pursue some of his other voices that he could do. <laughs> um, and so uh, this one is his Marlon Brando impression. <laughs> Uh, and you'll hear it's right on the money. Here's uh, Godfather's respecty. <laughs> ah, here's where the reception's gonna be, Godfather. Uh, the wedding of my daughter. That bum, Luca. Will I have time to rehearse this tune before the reception? <laughs> uh, yes, Godfather. If we hurry. <laughs> It sounds it's like it's so crazy to me because he sounds nothing like no, no. I was trying to put my finger on what he sounded like, and Tommy, you'll know this because you like Sharpling's show. He sounds like Gary the Squirrel. He sounds oh, so much like Gary like the Squirrel. <laughs> um, yeah, so he had a bunch of charactery songs like this that I have every single one of, and they're all like the kind of, the kind of comedy that comes from somebody in sales that takes an improv class like mm-hmm. like ah my friends think i'm funny like he's like hey here's my hippie guy he's funny like that's the exact tone of everything and yeah this is like the most like uh like yeah frat boy comedy kind of like i don't know this thing's kind of funny we'll do it at the show uh and it's all just a nightmare it's <laughs> so it's like bad the, the luca brazzi little skit that open it's yes. so painful to listen to it's so grating like yeah, yeah that's Ugh. what every yeah that's what all of his novelty songs in the 70s were were like here here's him doing like john wayne and here's uh yeah the star star Drek, which i can't recommend it's, it's <laughs> five minutes of a bad sketch where it's like what is it snotty instead of scotty oh like, so it's, oh, he just, it's mad magazine it's like, basically yes. mad magazine yeah. type stuff and then again the king kong one uh we can we'll try and erase <laughs> but uh you know it's uh it, it's crazy and then also none of this hits like it's another <laughs> decade yes. of okay now i get it i'm a joke and then nothing hits again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it just keeps happening to him over and over again, where he doesn't understand that nobody wants anything else from him. Well, it's also weird that he went from, I mean, Monster Mash was an original composition. Yeah. And yes. then in this one, he managed to, I'm sure, upset two camps of people by ruining both a great movie and a great song. Right. Yeah. Swoop, like. Well, I uh, know of about... Uh, well, 38 people watched this YouTube video, and two people gave it thumbs up. So uh, it was my got... secret granddaughter and uh, life or whatever. Uh, the Otis Redding estate liked it. Like this was what he was going for. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you hear two knocks upon your door, Tommy, I wouldn't open that thing up. Two distinct knives yeah. from a separate head. Yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> they will be together. But... I recognize those thumbs. They were up on that video. <laughs> uh, all right. This is where 
things really start to take a, a modern turn because we have a yes. uh, monster rap is the yes um, so in the in the 80s uh he st- the monster mash became you know a big again and it became a staple on the Dr. Demetra show you know he he finally achieved his comedy dreams <laughs> and so again they try and modernize his hits there's one that I really like. It's a rock version called It's Alive, where um, he gives birth to a son uh, who doesn't wander into the ocean and die. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, he has a new, like, evil, evil mad scientist son who creates a monster that can really shred on guitar. Uh, that one's re- I really like. It. Like, I genuinely think it's good. But um, the version that just strikes out so hard is this monster rap which um you might have to fast forward a bit so you can get yeah. the full frankenstein rap but uh i it, you should start at the beginning yeah we'll listen to the opening great. and then i'll skip forward a bit so yeah. this is uh this is monster rap same same coffin opening mm-hmm. sounds the same Yeah, there's some real rapping. Like, I believe the monster rap is four minutes long. It's very long. I'm 99% sure that's a different person rapping. <laughs> like, I think they, he had, like, he always had a different comedy partner sure. uh, to do this stuff with. And, and uh, it was always someone that was uh, w- somehow worse than him. Uh, but, like, what a odd, like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, imagine if, like, a, I don't know, it's, it's weird because, like, Weird Al does it successfully of going, you know, decade by decade and, and not looking pathetic, but, like, just I, I I can't even think. Of, there's no one like like him. I guess. Yeah, it's so I, funny that he calls first. He calls the hunchback a fool, and then when the zombies start rapping, they're also fools. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a damn fool. I think the closest you could get to something this bad is when Brian Wilson rapped in the '80s, like that song "Smart Girls," that I think his uh, 
That was the album that his evil doctor Eugene Gandhi. Oh yes. <laughs> um, but it's that kind of like weird uh, white boomer like rapping. Like mm-hmm. I'm now. This is what the kids do, yeah. and um, it's weird because th- this uh, again is a colossal whiff that few people know about. But it is one of the only Bobby Pickett songs on Spotify. Oh yeah, wow. this one has a lot more uh, support. Uh, a lot of people in the comments on YouTube are saying they genuinely love it and that they think it's better than the Monster Mash. And That's bullshit. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott Thomas says very hilarious second follow to Monster Mash. I don't it's know. Second, about that. it was like the eighty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wrote that with two different accounts too. <laughs> with slightly different wording, it was a great second follow up to Monster Mash, and then he also wrote very hilarious. Wait, we that was check the this is three days like he ago. Was the bass player, yeah, <laughs> he definitely seems to be affiliated in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. It's. I mean, uh, there are club mixes of Monster Rap. Like they they did try. Uh, in the book, he says Elvira made a lot of like '80s rock CD, like '80s Halloween compilations, mm. and they could never get the rights to to it for some reason, which is like <laughs> very bizarre, but. Um, yeah, it, it just, it, this one just languished, uh, not even a video or anything like just, it's, it's a shame. So we have one more song. I want to take a quick break because we've saved the, le- the best for last. Uh, this last song I couldn't believe was real. Um, so, uh, we'll be right back with more stand by your band. All right. We are back to hear our final song and then, and then go to Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. Uh, but this last song is called Climate Mash. <laughs> yes. So the only thing is I think the video makes it even better because it's like uh, 2004 era Flash and there's like pesky George W. Bush uh, <laughs> like Flash guys. But uh, he was he was recruited by uh, some team to record this. So he didn't write it. But according to the book, he does be- he did believe in the message. Oh, that's uh, but good this know. is his very last known recording <laughs> as uh, as a recording artist. Uh, I believe I get it was around two thousand four, two thousand five, and uh, yeah, it's. Um, I guess it's it's a little politically pointed. Yes, I'm gonna. We might we might post this video on YouTube just to just to because it is uh, yeah we'll see I'm gonna I'm gonna like play the thing and and put this up to the screen though and see if that Please. works all right so this is climate mash. <laughs> Hiking past the White House late one night, when our eyes beheld an eerie sight, the president appeared with folks very strange, the zombies and vampires of global climate change. Start global warming, say oil company disciples, our math tells us it's natural weather cycles. These claims from industry heavies, let the president rest behind his own protective levies. Climate mad. Real science is bad. Solutions are And they do it for the cash. The creatures were having fun. 
our Congress was overrun. We couldn't tell the mindless zombies from the elected ones. <laughs> <laughs> Very, uh, <laughs> very politically pointed. It's so funny. And the that video he... is like, again, it's um, Dick Cheney in like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre outfit drinking a gallon of oil. <laughs> 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 it's, like... it's the animation is like the same. It's the same thing as when South Park would have Saddam Hussein yeah. in hell. Yeah. It looks like yeah. that. Yeah. That, like just the, uh, the flapping of a picture. Too. Yes. Yeah. It's. God, there's there's one other there's one about budget things called the Monster Slash. Uh, that's not <laughs> it's, it's it's the same. Obviously, surprisingly, the same rhythm, but uh, not as fun as him like doing an anti George W. Bush. <laughs> like I can't believe this wasn't on Rock Against Bush. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that'd be so good. I love that. Uh, I'm glad that he agreed. It'd be so funny if he's like, "Yeah, I recorded this thing, and it really pissed me off. <laughs> like, I needed the money." <laughs> but it's good that he at least liked it. I guess. I think he does make some points near the end where he, like, Bobby Pickett would have voted for Trump. There's no doubt. Like, he's very like libertarian. Like, mm. uh, uh, these people are taking my money, kind of uh, mm. thing. So. I think he was just convinced of his old age, probably by his like daughter to say like, Hey, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I didn't put this in the movie, but there should be a dramatic scene, like a, a West wing type scene, like whether or not he should record the climate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it is in the movie. I put it in the movie. It's like his, um, like the last concert uh, he gives is right after he records the climate. <laughs> What, where is so he played? Did he play shows this late? Like, he would actually, yeah, so, right up uh, until the end, right? Wow, yeah, uh, right. Into, there's um footage of him six months before he died. It's he would just play Halloween conventions and state okay. fairs and stuff. And there's some, he had like some very sweet patter that he just would do over and over again. Like, he had a joke of like, I'll play a medley of my hit, and then like That's just the politest, yeah, nice. uh, like titters. But then um, he had a joke he would do it every time. And then as soon as he finished the joke, he would point to the drummer and they would play where he would say, like, this is a song that Elvis Presley, the king himself, called the worst thing he ever heard, which <laughs> is true. And then, and then he would just say, but if you're out there, Elvis, I'm still here. And then oh, the drums would hit. And boy. honestly, I would lose my mind. Like, if I got That's to see so that, funny. I would start screaming. Just <laughs> mocking a dead man for not liking you. That's <laughs> He's so much better. Be so much better at music. Then why am I still alive? <laughs> As we know, all the greatest musicians are still alive. <laughs> uh wow uh all right let's um let's go to facebook and uh all that good stuff before uh we wrap up here or first we, uh, first we should go to patreon where i've i started posting on there and uh people who post comments get uh you know first dibs to get their shit read on the show so uh matthew potter writes he's the most narrow one hit wonder with this uh with his one hit being his dracula impression yep uh dan clark writes the crypt kicker five is the most disrespected band since the pips <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> true um anthony uh tiberio says you have to applaud his dedication to the holiday has a hit in 1962 and then is still hustling in the 80s 
when he decides to venture into rap. It's a shame yes. that he turned into a graveyard smash himself, or else who knows what 2020 might have brought. <laughs> you could have fixed it, Pickett. <laughs> it would be like Elizabeth Warren gets one line, and then Mayor Pete gets another line, like, like the Tenacious D one. <laughs> Uh, so that is, uh, that is the Patreon. Let's go to Facebook where we get some more. We're all spread out now. I also did Twitter. Tommy, if you want to pick up, uh, or see if anybody, I don't know if anybody did or not. Um, I said, we're talking about Bobby Boris Pickett today on the podcast. We got thoughts. Uh, Joe Fernandez writes monster mash is best Halloween song of all time. Even more than thriller. <laughs> it's uh, true. Fair yeah, I like it. Um, Let's see. Da, da, da. Pat Sievert writes, "Monster Swim is pretty good too." And his later in life song about climate change, climate change, is a fun epilogue to his life and career. Uh, yep. Well, uh, you, I, I think uh, you're going to be a, a fan favorite here, Connor, because you've covered every base that they wanted you to. <laughs> um, Brandon Kirkman writes, "Hi, I'm back with the fact that he died at the age of 69. Nice, and he probably died an early death from the mental anguish of performing monster rap." And uh, uh, the correct answer was no, it was leukemia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you wanted the correct answer, he also commented. Uh, he goes, "Shout out to uh, Miney in the Monster Rap YouTube comments, who writes, Frankenstein's got better flow than Drake.' <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> shots fired, uh, Tommy. Do we have anything on Twitter? There's a few on the Twitter. Um, the the problem with the Twitter is you always have to read up the, the usernames. And of course. The real names. Yes. But so, yeah, the mayor of Nellyville wrote uh, Monster Mesh. <laughs> always makes me think of that Simpsons episode where he plays it on Valentine's Day, which is mm-hmm. very funny. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, um, one guy said, if you're going to do dive into the deeper side of Boris, like songs, give riboflavin flavored non-carbonated polyunsaturated blood a lesson. So that must be a different Halloween novelty song. I'm yeah, I don't, I don't know that one actually. I, and again, I'm, I'm someone that is always <laughs> preaching how great screaming Lord such as she's fallen in love with the monster man. Is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple more. Um, his parody, his parody Scully Gully of Holy Gully. Do you know that one? Gully Gully is on the Monster Mash LP. Uh, I didn't know it was a parody. I just thought it was a bad song. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently, yeah, he said it's perhaps an inspiration to Steve Martin's uh, King Tut to say nothing of a certain weird L. It does sound very similar to King Tut, yes. And then uh, Brad Keeler, not related to Bobby Boris Pickett, says, nope, but I was listening uh, to the show in the bathroom at work. And I thought my headphones were connected, and loudly in the stall, you just heard, Welcome back, piss freaks. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very funny. (laughs) That's great. I like the idea that he's in the bathroom, so it sounds like he's listening to a podcast that, like, teaches you how to piss or something. uh all right uh great comments everybody and uh wow this has been such a fun episode uh i i want to read one quick quote from bobby pickett before we before we fully wrap this up uh there's only one personal quote on his uh on his imdb biography page and it's from a 1996 interview in people magazine about his 1962 hit monster mash he says when i hear it I hear a cash register ringing, <laughs> and I think that's a, a apt uh, goodbye to Bobby Pickett. Uh, but Connor, do you have a you you now have the floor for a final statement about Bobby before we oh, rate boy. the playlist um, and get out of here? 
Well, I just think the thing that's so crazy about him is like, if the, if this had happened today, he probably would have had a nice career. Like, I think people capitalize on one hit wonder novelty stuff a lot faster and easier. But there's just something so crazy about this, yeah, dumb little cynical thirty minute creation that is I, I every Halloween thing I've seen in the last 10 years has it like love Simon has a scene set at Halloween <laughs> and it's him with the monster mash play, like this just, it's so crazy how we've just accepted it as like the national anthem of Halloween and how I guess something like thriller comes close, but really th- there's no topping it. And every song that tries to top it references it. Like mm. um, my personal favorite, the crypt keepers, new Jack swing single, the crypt jam. I don't know if you guys have heard <laughs> that but they reference monster mashing it like four times <laughs> and it's like yeah of course it's you can't get rid of your influences here mm-hmm. but i just think it's so crazy that th- there's no song that will ever come as close to being like 100 percent halloween related like the monster mash well put and i think uh i think you make a good point about how he would do in 2020 because i think if bobby pickett was 24 in 2020 he would be a TikTok star. I yes. truly oh think God. he would thrive in that medium, and I'm not even kidding. I think he would have. He was born in the wrong uh, generation, perhaps. But uh, his cameo, <laughs> his cameo would blow up. Yes. Like, people would be buying Bobby Bar's figure cameos every absolutely. Hour. Uh, so it's time for us to review this playlist, and uh, I'm going to say it right now. We do this out of six. I find it only proper to give this a 66 out of six um, <laughs> the spookiest rating of all tommy what do you think um i'm gonna go with a five out of six. <laughs> oh is that right think, well first of all uh, uh, four of those are for monster mash in its various <laughs> costumes sure <laughs> sure and you don't believe that climate change is real, so you take one point <laughs> off. Mummy <laughs> no, and me, I really enjoy. And I think um, Leave This Town is, I love that you put it on because it's very funny to talk about, but it is hard to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, is, it is not, it is a slog of yes. a three minutes. <laughs> uh, all right, that will do it uh, for this week's episode. Connor, is there anything you'd like to to promote? Uh, well, I mean, it's the season, but so uh, if you uh, if you're interested in reading more about Bobby Pickett, you could either go to your local library or you can <laughs> go uh, to he did the dot com and read the full story of of uh, Bobby Boris Pickett and his other. Uh, I didn't even get to the point that he was a, a, a groundskeeper in a nudist colony where he had sex with a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of weird Bobby Boris picking stories that I didn't get to here. So if you want to read them all, you can go to he did the mash.com. Hell yeah. And uh, Tommy. Well, since we're talking novelty songs uh, written during tumultuous periods of history, I have a full EP of novelty Christmas songs. I recorded one. I had so much fun doing it. I'm going back to the studio to record three more. So there'll be at least four songs. Uh, I'm going to put that out the day after Thanksgiving. So be on the lookout for that. Very exciting stuff. And get on the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash stand by your band. And, you know, get on the Twitter, all that good stuff. I think I'm going to start posting these on YouTube. Also, if you want to see our little faces um, while we record this thing. So uh, get on there. And uh, yeah, Uh, thanks so much, Connor. And uh, obviously, thank you, Tommy. I miss you 
Miss you so much. <laughs> All right. I miss you so fucking much. You're always in the studio now recording <laughs> holiday songs. No time for old time. Uh, all right. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Keep it crispy. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.